it's Hayden here. It's another episode of the Man in the Mirror podcast. It's a podcast where each week I talk to a male guest about their work, about life, about some of those key products on their bathroom shelf, and also what they think about the, the man that stares back at them in the mirror. Now, recently I was, um, I think I served an ad on Instagram. I think it was something like that anyway, and it piqued my interest. And it was a company called Brother Earth who were doing a, a Kickstarter for some male toiletry bathroom products um, with sustainability really at the the heart of the idea. So I investigated a bit further. Um, I ordered on Kickstarter and it also prompted me to try and get in touch with the founders just to find out a little bit more about the people behind it and and the idea itself. Hence this week's podcast, um, I'm talking to Henry Wesson, who is one of the co-founders of Brother Earth, who are a a British bathroom products brand for, for men, but with circularity and sustainability very much central to, to what they're trying to do to use, you know, the least amount of packaging possible, but to have a kind of premium product that's doing good. So we'll talk a little bit more about all of that um, with Henry. So without further ado, it's Henry Wesson, who's one of the co-founders of Brother Earth, who's with me, Hayden Williams, on the Man in the Mirror podcast. Let's go. Welcome along to Man in the Mirror. It's Hayden Williams here, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Henry Wesson, who is the co-founder of Brother Earth, which is um, a series of bathroom products that have uh, sustainability at the, at the heart of what they do. And I saw the brand, as I explained in the intro, I saw it, I think I saw it on Instagram and, and signed up for the Kickstarter and really enjoyed using the product. So I wanted to say hi to Henry. Hi, Henry. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Hayden. How are you doing? I'm really well. Look, thank you for making time to do this this morning. I really appreciate it. No worries. Pleased to be up. Oh, it's great. And it's, um, so I guess it's early days with with Brother Earth. And um, as I explained in the introduction a little bit about what it is, but I'd love to know from you, where did the idea come from? How did this all come about, this, this idea of Brother Earth? Yeah, I think... It's always interesting, isn't it? Like there was, for, certainly for us at least, there was no kind of eureka moment, right? Right. We, I had been like, you know, kind of you know, interested in sustainability. It's always been, a, you know, focus for me. I've always been into the kind of outdoors and looking after the outdoors, et cetera, et cetera. But never really, yeah. kind of, never made any kind of professional focus. And we... I had made an effort a few years ago to try and transition to kind of zero plastic products in the bathroom. Kind of, did, you know, I think it was just pre-lockdown. It just felt like the right thing to do, give it a bash. And it proved to be a real drag. The products weren't great. I couldn't really find any. And were you doing that thing of sort of finding those shops that would refill, you know, taking a, uh, a container and getting refillable stuff? Is that what you were up to? I mean... <laughs> Kind of. I mean, I have a bit of a fundamental issue with with refill. It just makes life more difficult. You know, got relatively little time to be spending on on those kind of activities. Right. So, yeah. Trying to sidestep the refill thing, if I could. Really, we were looking. I was just online, like what kind of websites, and there's a number around there. But even once we'd been through that process, and I finally found the eight products that I wanted to to swap. Actually, the first set weren't great. It was really mixed quality. You know, they ended up coming in a load of plastic anyway. Yeah. Well, it was kind of just a really frustrating process. Pointless. Yeah. 
exactly that, right? And so we so we went through that, and then, but I having despite chatting to a couple of people about it, never really managed to excite anybody else's interest in this as a um, as a project. So kind of forgot about it, and then. Earlier this year, sorry, earlier last year, I was talking to a friend, um, Nick, who's one of the co-founders about, you know, we're both looking at moving out of our existing careers. And I said, listen, I, I still think this is this is important, right? The importance mm. continues to increase. And I don't really see any solutions now that I didn't before either. And so that became really the genesis of, okay, well, let's explore it. Let's see where it takes us. Um, which kind of is how, you know, two people with no real background <laughs> in the space and to launch a range of four products in one go, you know, 12 months later. But maybe sometimes it's what, maybe it's one of those things where it's useful to have that outsider perspective and, you know, you can cast your gaze across the, the industry and, and, and see a solution. So you, you have, Henry, do you have two co-founders in Brother Earth? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So the missing character is uh, Andy, Andy Smith. And so the three of us were been friends for years and years and years, really. So in kind of late teens, early 20s, um, Andy and Nick were in Scouts together, which made some sound cool. <laughs> and, then, and they were um, doing their environmental badge or something. <laughs> probably, you know, with their woggles of no doubt. <laughs> Um, and they, and then we all met up in the kind of early twenties in London, actually. And we did a lot of kind of outdoorsy things together, right? Cause they came from that scouting background. They'd actually made a great bunch of mates who were really into organized fun. Um, and so we'd organize a weekends away, orienteering, mostly drinking and <laughs> hanging out as friends. So, so that was kind of a bit of our early twenties. And so when Nick and I were, were pulling this together, it was clear that the kind of tick big missing skill set was around the kind of marketing space. And Andy comes from a growth marketing background from like, well, you know, two's Getting good. on board. Yeah, two's good, three's better. And, and what's your background, Henry? What were you doing before? Yeah, so I've worked in supply chain. So I've been a management consultant um, for kind of 15 years. I came from the um, energy industry originally. Oh, right. Yeah, and then moved into management consulting and had done that for 10 years. And that kind of, I guess, exposed me to a lot of the kind of supply chain considerations and sustainable supply chain challenges that big businesses face. Mm. Kind of seen how slow and turgid those big, big organizational supply chains are and, and why they don't move as quickly as you really feel like they should be able to. You know, if you think about Unilever, make such a big fuss about you know, their sustainability goals and, and, and the direction of travel and all this stuff. But you know, well, that was 15 years ago now and still it feels it's like slow. a lot of plastic and waste. Why is it so um, so difficult to make progress? So having seen a lot of that, that was a big driver. So coming out off the back of that, I've seen why it is so hard for those businesses to move forwards and why actually starting from a blank sheet is a real advantage when making that kind of change. Yeah, and you can be... Um quick and, and nimble and, and do things your way. So I guess, you know, we're all getting, you know, people interested in, in, in the podcast and like me, you know, I, so it is a guilty thing where there's lots of, you know, product, I'm fortunate enough, lots of products come across my desk and I want to try different things, but there is a huge amount of waste and it, it's often plastic that, well, it's either just plastic or it's stuff you've got to, separate out and I suppose you know I can feel okay about the fact that I stick it in my recycle tubs or, or whatever it is but it just does feel 
like an inordinate amount of waste. And I suppose there's this slight incremental shifts now where, you know, certain supermarkets might sell you a sort of a pouch, you know, you, that you can pour into the main bottle or whatever, but still that doesn't feel especially satisfactory and you're still creating more waste. And and a lot of this stuff seems, the onus seems to be on the, as you hinted at earlier, the, the onus is kind of on the consumer to do a lot of the, you know, the heavy lifting stuff. And I've got to remember to you know, put this stuff here and that stuff there. But what you've got with Brother Earth seems, you know, much more compelling and much more interesting. So can you tell me a bit about, so if, if people order the box, you know, what, what do they get and what's inside there? Yeah, so we we really felt that the goal, so our, our goal was to reduce plastics, right? And we felt that in order to achieve that, we had to do a couple of things. We had to make it super, super easy for consumers, right? Yeah. Because we knew for ourselves that it, exactly as you said, right? As soon as it gets a bit complicated, the chances of you continuing to do it in the long term, pretty slim. You might yeah. switch once, once, but it falls away really quite quickly. So we knew we had to make it easy and we knew we had to make it really, really, really good quality. And the, the quality question was one of how do we make sure that we're asking people to do something different, right? People inherently are a little bit suspicion of different, suspicious. Yeah, yeah we so get we into have, habits, don't we? I think with all this stuff. Yeah, for sure, right? And and we all do it. And it's it's all it's all part of everybody's kind of you know behavioral DNA. So we knew we had to do something really exceptional in quality. And we also, and because we were moving formats as well again we had to battle against all of the kind of legacy and history that that format brings so moving from bottles to bars is one of the really big transitions that we made and from a consumer point of view you then got to look at you know bars historically everybody kind of remembers the one on the side of the bath that your grand yeah set. or the one on a rope yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm older <laughs> No, no, no. And that's right. And, and they were all a bit drying and they made you feel a bit yeah. like it just wasn't great, right? Yeah. And they were hard and a bit scrubby. And so, you know, within all of those things, we had to do a lot to make sure that the consumer got something really, really compelling from what we were offering to overcome some of those barriers. And, th and that, that was our goal. So, you know, what we designed going bottom up from a circular perspective was the absolute minimum amount of packaging to yeah. achieve the outcomes that you need. And then we set about making sure each of those products met a standard that's probably higher than the, the price point should describe because yeah. we knew we had to achieve something greater than just meeting the market standard. I suppose, like you say, if, if it's not good enough just for it to be okay because you're asking people to make quite a shift, aren't you? So if you go, oh, it's sort of, it's all right, but it's not as good as my, you know, X thing in a in a plastic bottle, then you've kind of lost the battle, haven't you, I suppose? So it's got to be good. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the point about the product design, and, you know, you asked about what's in the box. So we have a shampoo, <coughs> solid state shampoo, so a solid bar shampoo. We have a solid face and body bar, so kind of body wash, we have a deodorant, so a solid stick deodorant, and then we have a toothpaste. And, and all of those products are kind of natural first, so they're designed using as many natural ingredients as possible because they have a lower environmental footprint. But we're not, you know, hidebound by that natural, natural concept. It's just that we think that as from a design principle, that's a, it's an important one to have. But then for each of those, so the bars come in tins, so the metal tins, super handy for keeping in the shower. They look after your bar and we keep it in great shape. 
they're also very transportable. I was thinking that great for taking to the gym or for, for traveling as well, aren't they? Yeah, massive. And that for us, you know, we're big, we're really active. You know, we come from the outdoors environment. You know, I surf a lot. I love going swimming to stay in shape. So I'm in and out of the swimming pool. So having something you can take with you is was a big was a big part of that. And that's a real step on from a lot of the kind of, you know, if you take a big body wash with you in the bottom of your bag and it leaks, whatever else, those are just kind of classic issues that you get using the, the kind of liquid format. So not only was it a big environmental step forwards, it also made a big difference in terms of the usability as well, which is which has been really gratifying. Yeah. And and so I've I've had the products. I mean I I said as I said, I bought it on the Kickstarter and I say it's it's is a behavior change for me to be using the the bar as a, a shampoo, but I've I've really been enjoying it. And I think having that tin, you know, as you say, the the sort of legacy ideas of this slightly drying, you know, piece, sad looking bit of soap that gets, you know, sadder and sadder as the weeks go on and, and dries out all those horrible ones we used to have in school. It's not like that at all. And the fact that you can protect the whole bar in, in the tin. And yeah, I've, I've found the, the formula really, really easy to use and really effective. So yeah, it's, um, it seems like it's working really well. On that point, right? And so one of the really big, so I talked about the fact that we always felt we had to meet a higher quality point than, than the existing products on the market. And where we, where we got to with that was, what can we borrow from the premium end of the market and yeah. bring into the kind of mass premium price point that we're at so that we can actually stand out there? And in the bar space... And it's true of other other liquid products as well, particularly in the bar space. What we did was add back in a lot of the conditioning agents that have traditionally been taken out. Yeah. So the super fats. So we've been adding back in plant glycerides back into those bars. Both bars have got a much higher percentage than you would get in a traditional bar and higher than you would typically get in traditional shampoo products. Mm. More in line with, if you find at the premium end of the market, so that's why it feels great. Right. That's why if you're showering daily, right, because you're going to the gym a lot, right, it keeps your hair feeling really fresh and conditioned. It looks after your skin in a way that those other products often can be drying. And so that was, that's the big right. step on. And do you think it is some of that to do in, in the traditional bottled shampoo products? Do you think some of those things are taken out because some of those companies are trying to get you to buy another? you know, separate conditioning product. So that's one more bottle. Is that, is there some of that in there? Yeah, right. So they took, they take those expensive components out of their shampoos and their body washes and put them into other higher value products that they can sell for a great margin, right? Like yeah. It's fine as a business model. That's great. That works for you. But that's not where we're at, right? We want to sell less of our products to ensure that we have less packaging and less waste. Yeah. We want that experience to be absolutely amazing. With the, the starter set I've got, obviously the idea is that once I come to the end of those bars or I come to the end of the um, the deodorant, then you don't, you wouldn't send, you obviously don't send out the tins again, but I can buy those products individually as just a, a bar. So therefore, it, you know, it, it's much more environmentally friendly. Yeah, that's right. So it should just be a simple case of, reaching for reorder, right? Ooh. We've got, uh, as soon as you go online, you can see it there. We've got the starter set, which keep, brings it to tins. But if you want to to replenish those bars, you just hit the button, they'll come out. 
Um, they come out in the absolute minimum of packaging that we can manage. They should be lasting you kind of 60 to 90 days, which is a bit longer than you would typically get with um, a lot of bottled, bottled products. Yeah. And just to try and keep that footprint as low as possible, right? Less shipping, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking at the deodorant now, Henry. Is, am I right in thinking, I mean, it looks to me like it's all card and paper and obviously the, the deodorant itself, but there's, there's nothing else in there, is there? No, right. So the deodorant is in a cardboard tube. It's been, the cardboard's been treated, but it's quite a lot of work in developing that cardboard tube. A lot of the tubes on the market, you know, back to that point about when we, when we were first trying to understand what was available, the tubes we found were kind of flimsy. They started to break up in the bathroom. They were a bit like, yeah. So we've, we did a bit of work on kind of taking what was there, getting a firmer product, smoothing those edges so it felt nicer on the underarm. But at the end of the day, it's biodegradable, right? We wanted something that you could, instead of it going into some kind of recycling that may or may not be recycled, et cetera, actually something that just goes straight into the biodegradable pile, right? It breaks yeah. down over six months and then you never have to see it again. So it's a single-use product, but it's one that has an absolute minimum footprint. That's great. Well, look, we'll talk about Brother Earth a bit later, no doubt. But um, as always, I like to ask my guests about products that you're enjoying using and products that are in your morning and evening routine. So it'd be great to hear, no doubt you've, you know, as you got into this industry, I guess you did lots of research and found things that you liked and didn't like. And, I, and I'm particularly interested to talk about some of this with you, Henry, because I'm imagining, I don't know, but I'm imagining that things like sustainability and, and getting good quality products are going to be important to you. So yeah, what, what, what about your morning routine? What, I'm sure it includes some Brother, Brother Earth products, but um, what what else would you have on your shelf or in your bathroom? Do you know, this is, this is such a great question because I was like, I was saying to Rachel, I was like, I'm not exactly sure. So Rachel, my partner, I was like, you know, I was like, what is my morning routine? She's like, you absolutely love a shower. <laughs> like, she, it's always like, good to hear. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 you're right, I do. She's like, no, 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 more than most. So, oh, right. Thing, right. And then I kind of got to thinking, I was like, yeah, you, you, you're kind of right. Like you kind of realise that as part of your routine, like the shower or, you know, the time in the bathroom plays a massive role, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Is she meaning you spend like longer in the shower than normal or you just have more of them? Or what? what is it about the shower that you love? Well, I thought it best not to ask for specifics. <laughs> Fair enough. But but then I mean I think she was referring to the fact that I quite often refer to it, I'm going to go and leap in the shower as the basis for this uh, for this observation. But yeah, suggest enjoyment and excitement. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> but then like, you think about like what an important role it plays in your day. Like it's part of your routine. Yeah, it starts every day, or for a lot of people, it starts every yeah. day. Yeah. It bookends the most fun things you do. Right. So you go out for a run. You get wet and cold. Like almost the best thing about that activity is getting in a hot shower after. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. feeling amazing. Like it's the bit before you go out for an amazing night out that you've been looking forward to all week. Like from a routine point of view, like when, when I was kind of like thinking through it, like it's a big, big part of your day and it probably gets less attention than... No, I think you're right. Maybe it warrants. Let's salute, let's salute the humble shower, you know. Yeah, big time. Big time. And, and I think, I mean, so, and I th the other reason why that that struck me is because I don't have a big product routine, right? Um, I have a 
you know, I have a pretty basic set. So those four products that we put into our box were really the four products that we feel that everybody uses, right? There's a number of the products that people use, you know, for whatever reason in different contexts and are all great, but those are the four that everybody uses. 90% of people use on a daily basis. Yeah. But other things that we found, so extensive research, we found loads of great products, right? It's not to say there isn't good products in the market that, that meant that we went out to build our own. But some real standouts from a shaving perspective, the Leaf Razor, he must have come across this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Really what, good. Beautiful engineering. Yeah, yeah. Like a really lovely product, reusable, uh, sorry, um, disposable blades, no plastic. Like that was, that was a, that yeah. was a stumble. Life Jacket, relatively new brand. No, I don't, I don't know Life Jacket. Yeah, they're cool. So they did, um, they've got a really nice SPF moisturizer. Okay. Like to use, I was a bit late to the SPF moisturizer party, but. Yeah, me too, me too. It's Christmas, yeah, we'll pay the price. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's a good one, right? And. You know, I think I think what they do is nice. I think the way they do it is good and it's important. And they talk a lot about the the importance of the health implications for for SPF as well, which which always feels how big. And then E forty five is my moisturizer. Yeah, like, you know, daily daily. You know, I get quite dry skin because I do a lot of time in the in the pool. And you're out and you're outside quite a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I use that. That's kind of. And then I suppose my my one uh, like really kind of luxury product. Is the Aqua de Palma? Yeah, um, like which one? I love it. The scent is fragrance. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Which which do you know? Which one you remember? Which one you use? I haven't got any at the moment. I no no. We had the it was the moisturizer and the moisturizer and the shower gel, and it came off the back. We went to a smart hotel in Amsterdam actually, and we we were given it and mm. bought it since just because it's but that classic um, Colonia kind of barbershop. Italian thing that Aqua de Palma. I'm a yeah, a big fan of the brand as well. But it it does feel like a real sort of luxury moment, doesn't it? That as soon as you kind of spray it on, or you've got some of the some of their Barbier range in in, in the bathroom, yeah, it's, it smells beautiful, and it's instantly feel like you're in the Italian Riviera, you know, doing something glamorous. Totally, and that one, like that one, yeah, it was it, it, for me. It associates very much with kind of an early date. You know, an early week. Yeah, where, exactly. Yeah. You've got them sort of memories that, that go alongside it, which are nice. Yeah, beautiful, great. And I suppose, you know, of course, as much as we, you know, you, you're talking about sort of refining the amount of products that you, you have on your shelf or that you use in your routine, which is is completely valid and, and, and right. But I suppose, you know, there still is, there's still opportunity for moments of, pleasure and luxury somewhere along the line you know it doesn't all have to be kind of um you know all, all about doing good all the time because you know everyone's gonna have things that they they, they they find essential for them or just brings them moments of, of joy or happiness right yeah for sure right and there's so many of those and they're different for everybody yeah and yeah like at, at the end of the day our kind of principle was like there are some things that should be relatively easy to switch right that don't cost you too much in terms of your lifestyle and the bathroom is is or at least particularly the shower is one of those spaces right so the products often aren't premium products in there yet there's an awful lot of plastic the price yeah. is the plastic so that felt like an easy space to make a change without radically changing what you do every day like 
some real progress without actually, I mean, I think I can't remember the number, it's something like, so I did write it down. It was 200,000 tons of plastic used by men alone in the bathroom wow. uh, per year. You know, so there's, but, you know, if you can chip away a third of that, right, it makes a big difference without you necessarily changing your products. There, there are parts of the global markets that find it really, really difficult to shift plastics, right? So foodware, because it extends the life of products so well, et cetera, it, it's really, really difficult to shift it out. But in the bathroom, those requirements aren't as high. Therefore, the barrier to shift plastic out should be lower. So mm. it's easy to be done. Let's get it done, right? Yeah. I think the truth will be for the products that we also think of as like mainstays and luxuries in the bathroom, they should also be able to switch. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're right. And, you know, and as we alluded to at the beginning, you know, you're seeing some of those big beauty brands and, and, and products, you know, there's, there's changes afoot and some of them are, are, are making some slow incremental changes. Of course, we'd, you know, we'd all like them to do it faster. And I suppose, you know, more at the, at the luxury end, if you're talking about fragrances or products that cost hundreds of pounds, there's another factor in there. Of, you know, it's, there's a whole other dimension in terms of luxury. Not that it should all be about packaging, but it is a factor, isn't it? Of a, you know, a beautiful vessel or a glass or whatever it might be for, for fragrance or, you know, it, those brands have got to start thinking about how do we, how do we make changes there? And if if someone's spending hundreds of pounds, you know, what are you what are you getting? But I mean, there's a it's a whole other thing. But you, you're right, and and you will see, you know, getting more and more press releases from from those brands and those luxury brands about initiatives they're they're making. You know, are are they going as fast as they can? You know, that's another question. But uh, you're right, everyone's going to have to start considering it because, as you said, you know, the amount of we're getting more and more. We, we we can't claim anymore that we're not aware of the damage that you know microplastics and bigger plastics are, are doing to the planet. I mean, it seems to be on. You know, it's either on a documentary, or it's on the news every night. So we all need to do our bit. But I think what's what's so really seems to be working so well with with Brother Earth is that it, you're not asking people to. You know, it doesn't seem to be some big onerous thing that you've got to take on. It's it's yes, it's a shift to using a you know a bar rather than a, a you know a plastic container but that's it really there's not some big complicated process to go through and it sounds like that's that's going to be the best way isn't it making it as easy as you can for the the consumer to to make those changes to to be better for the planet i think so and and like the point about the kind of luxury end of the market right and it's not it's not one i know well or understand well right and my my kind of limited forays into it it's fantastic for what it is, but I, you know, starting to see. I don't know if you know the brand Subtract. No, uh, no. Ladies, it's a women's brand, and they do kind of solid state moisturizers, solid state cleansers, and things like that. And the product set is fantastic, right? And the and it is a very much a premium, a premium solution, and and you know, similar principles are at work there. And I feel like there is I think it's happening to the market. Yeah, yeah, I do really do, um, and I think it's a. I don't think it's a negative adjustment, right? I don't think it's a decrease in the product experience. I think it's just a change in the product experience and in some ways yeah. improvement. So it would be fascinating to watch how quickly that picks up as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, you, you've started to see it in in some of the the big department stores. Some of the brands are doing, you know, sort of refill stations now where you, you know, you take your bottle back and it gets refilled, all of which, you know, is great and makes perfect sense. But I suppose, again, there's the logistics of that and are they going to be able to stock all of the different, you know, say we're talking about fragrance, are they going to be able to stock 
all of the lines. And that also requires me to travel to wherever it is into the city centre to do it. So it's, it's, I guess it's a sort of imperfect solution. But again, it's this sort of shift that they, these brands know they need to be doing something. Yeah. Whilst, okay, you know, like all this stuff, whilst at the same time, the whole industry is predicated on getting you to, you know, buy new stuff, buy more stuff, buy this new fragrance. And I, you know, so I was guilty of it as the, as the next person. But um, that's that's the difficult thing as well, isn't it? You know, when do we have enough? I guess, you know, it's different with the kind of the, the daily toiletries and things that you, you use every day and, and replace. But I suppose there's that other dimension to it when you're talking about more of the, you know, the sort of luxury items that you use occasionally. How, it's a bigger question of how many of them do you do you need and how many, when should you replace? Anyway, it's probably for, for another time. But um, you talk on, on the website about this idea of circular design and I'd love to understand a little bit more what that means for you and, and Brother Earth. Yeah, so I, I think circular design was just a really interesting and, and is a really interesting movement that is taking a lot of the concepts that underpin sustainability and building them into a kind of philosophy that that works right across policy or social engagement, across supply chains and across regulation. It takes really the kind of reduce, reuse and recycle uh, aspects that everybody kind of is, is is pretty familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And just embeds them in a philosophy that works for for product design. So it really starts with the idea that design is the point at which all of your other impacts get built in. So if you can start from a point of view where your design is has the absolute minimum amount of resources required to deliver end-to-end that product lifecycle, then you're in kind of a perfect scenario. And 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 that was the case for Brother Earth. We, we were able to get and do the design work from the principle of what's the minimum. And then we're able to do everything else to make sure the consumer got what it wanted from it too. I see. Okay. And um, you have a partnership with a, a company called Clean, or a charity called Clean Hub. Yes. Who are, who are Clean Hub? What do Clean Hub do? Yeah, Clean Hub are a fantastic organization. They're a German organization. And they, one one of a number actually emerging that are looking at the kind of post-consumer plastics world, are trying to figure out how, do, like there's an enormous amount of plastic still being generated and there's a huge amount of plastics ending up in the environment. How do you actually then start to take some of that back out? So making a, you know, from, from being at best, a lot of businesses are net negative. This is to say, well, actually, if we can take out more plastic than you're putting into the environment, you can become net positive or at the very least become net neutral. Right. And and does money from, when people purchase at Brother Earth, does money go to Clean Hub? Is that, or do, you make a, do you make a donation? Is that how it works? So for every, for every product, in our case, uh, for every product in that box or for every refill that you do, we'll take out yet another product from, from the environment. So for Brother Earth, that means every product removes two plastic bottles from the environment. Yeah, that's great. And what does the, the future look? I mean, I know it's really early for, for Brother Earth. Uh, do you think it will remain as a sort of online purchase or do, do you want to get it into physical retail? How, how do you see it going? I mean, I think we're driven from, you know, from the point of view of reducing plastics, that's why we've gone for a mass premium market space because we get it into the most number of people's hands. The, the absolute bargain uh, market is is too 
too difficult. Yes. So, so for us, I think it does, you know, it does make sense that we'll end up in retail because that's probably that was still the biggest joint mode it definitely is the biggest buying channel. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's where we'll, we'll end up. But as you say, very much at the point of view, uh, the, at the point now where we're, um, you know, we're online only and just seeing, you know, kind of how we, how far we can go. And do, do you think, do you think you'll be adding more? I mean, it's not the sort of philosophy that you have and the way you've approached these products. I know you're saying it's sort of, you wanted to have them the sort of minimum number of products in in a routine, but can you see this this philosophy extending to more products in in the range? I think so, definitely. Uh, I mean, the obvious one is the is the SPF moisturizer, right? Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 feels like a um, the right thing to kind of close that that set. But I don't think we'd ever rule out other products, right? As long as people are using them, reducing the impact they have. Across their life cycle, reducing that, that that's all to the good, right? So yeah. it's not it's not a it's not a criticism. If you're using those products and you get value and you enjoy those products, then great. Let's find a way to minimise the the unnecessary impact of them. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I oh, look forward to seeing what happens in in the months ahead with with Brother Earth. I was also like to ask my guests, as the name suggests of the podcast, you know, what you think about when you look in the mirror, when, when you're having your extended morning shower and everything and, and getting ready, you know, what's your view of, uh, of kind of self-image and, and what looks back at you in the mirror, Henry? It's such a good question. I love it. It's a big, it's a big one. I, I know. Isn't it? <laughs> existential. I know, right? Existential closing. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I suppose I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old, I suppose there's a degree of vanity there. Uh, I, I think quite, we all have it, don't we? Really? Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, I yeah. think so. I don't know who that person is who doesn't. But so, you know, I kind of like, I like kind of, you know, having a little look in the mirror, seeing how we're getting on, bit of a smile, bit of a chat to the to the man in the mirror. So would you, do you think you'd ever be someone that, you know, if they got to a point where you sort of say, oh God, I'm looking... If if, there, if you felt that there was something that you would do work, would you ever get to a stage where you go, oh, I'm going to do some tweaks here or have any kind of procedures? Do you think you'd get to that stage or are you kind of happy with um, <laughs> what's been given to you? Uh, no, I don't think I could ever go that far. I think like as, as, as you know, despite the vanity, like it's, it's the pleasure, like people look great because they are, people not because of their look is that that yes like it's the the package that makes something amazing it's never just the thing that comes back from the mirror right all the things going on behind the eyes that so now i would probably try and avoid that because what's you know changing the mask yeah but it sounds to me like from from what you said you're obviously someone that's interested in in you know well-being and keeping fit and getting out and doing stuff so i guess that's a big part of who you are and, and keeping yourself, you know, trim and fit and, and healthy, right? And sane. Yeah, you're really into it. Exercise. Do you go out a few times that you, every day or a few times a week? Or? I try and get out a couple of times a week. I, to, to be honest though, it really, like for me, it was I was never into it at all, right? I was, for all my 20s and most of my 30s, never showed any real interest in that. But, you know, a bit of kind of, I know it sounds so hackneyed and tired these days, but I've got a bit of burnout and one of the one of the kind of the fixes for that for me was was exercise, getting back out, 
yeah, into the outdoors, right? And that made a big difference. And so I don't find the exercise a, a chore because it's so kind of directly relatable to my to my mental health. So, well, that's key, isn't it? So you make it part of your routine and it's something you enjoy doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and finally, Henry, and I ask guess this every week as well. I, I think again, some of this has, has come up quite naturally in the conversation. But I wonder what are the things that bring you joy and, and make you happy. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't feel churlish not to say a shower, but I have, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, loads and loads and loads of things, right? I, I really like, I really like cooking. That's one of the things that to I just, you. Yeah. Yeah. Relax. What, if, if someone's coming around sort of short notice, what, what would be the Henry signature dish that you could kind of pull out with a flourish quite easily? That's a good question. What would it be? I mean, you can't go wrong with sausages. No, yeah. <laughs> it probably isn't the culinary depth. Well, it depends what you do with them, I suppose, isn't it? You know, you're making some sort of casserole or bake or with mash. Well, well you know, depends. But this good. I would do sausages with apple and lots of herbs from the garden and, and, and in, a, in a tray bake. And then lovely. Have a bit of time to hang out. Yeah, my, my wife's really into tray baking at the moment so yeah it's it's a good thing we're enjoying the tray bake well look, thank you so much for your time henry it's been really interesting to to chat to you and obviously to hear more about brother earth and and all the good things that you're doing i'm gonna mention the the products and and things that um the other, the other products that you referred to in the program notes and um, we'll also tell people where they can find out more about brother earth but look wishing you all the very best with with the business it's it's doing something really important and um you know, and crucially, it's, it's also a really great product line that I think listeners are really going to enjoy. So um, thanks again. You take care and it's been lovely to chat to you today. Amazing. Thanks very much, Hayden. You take care. Thanks, Henry. Cheers, Ralph. Bye. My thanks to Henry. Such a, an interesting conversation. And um, yeah, I really wanted to, to find out more about this area and, and really grateful to Henry for shedding some light on on the whole business of sustainability and obviously how it works within male grooming and, and um, bathroom products. I think, you know, there's some some real changes that, that all of us can make, but as he discussed during the, the podcast, you know, the, you want to make it as easy as possible for the, the consumer that it requires, you know, as little kind of effort to, to do the recycling or, or the reusing. So I think they've got a really really some neat solution with these um, metal tins and, and solid bars and then, you know, a recyclable card uh, cover around the, the deodorant and, and a kind of aluminium toothpaste. Really good products, I, I should say. I mean, I didn't get into it too much in, in, in the podcast to spare Henry's blushes, but they are really good products. Um, they certainly haven't scrimped at all in terms of the the quality and the efficacy of, of the, the products themselves. Really good. And I've really enjoyed using them and will certainly be reordering. So well worth investigating. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the, these little changes that we can make. And when you, you think about, I certainly think about the amount of plastic I use and, you know, whether it's cooking, you know, food stuff in the kitchen, but certainly, you know, we can make some changes in in terms of toiletries relatively easy as, easily, as, um, as Henry said. So if you want to find out more about what Brother Earth are doing and... Um, you know, how you can find out about the products. They're online and their website is www.brothereearth.co. So it's brothereearth.co. 
and on Instagram, they're at Brother Earth Co. So at Brother Earth Co. on Instagram, and you can find out more about how to order and, um, you know, see, see the, the product line as, as it stands, which is, you know, a great opening collection. Um, so thanks to Henry, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to find out more about Man in the Mirror, you can find me at Man in the Mirror Pod on Instagram, and um, you'll find previous guests and more information about what's to come. So, um, yeah, thanks for being with me this week, and thanks to Henry. I'll see you again next time. Take care.